This week's parasha talks about the mitzvah of Shemitah, right, the sabbatical year. Let's just get a few halachos clear, exactly what is Shemitah. And then there's something called Yovel, especially, you know, this week we, we spoke about Israel, so we have to speak about some of the mitzvot satsuyos ba'aretz, some of the laws that are uh, dependent on the land. First, uh, there's a mitzvah of Shemitah, which means that in the seventh year, you have to leave the land fallow. What does that mean? You can't plant, you can't harvest, you can't reap, you can't prune, you can't plow, nothing. Can't work the land. The year takes a break, the, year goes on a, the, the land goes on a sabbatical. Can't do anything to the land. Besides that, all the slaves go free, all the Jewish slaves, they could go free. Even though you bought the slave, you acquired him, nevertheless, all the Eved Ivri, and Eved Ivri goes free after six years. Fine. Now there's another aspect of Shemitah that does not only apply in the land of Israel, and that is the aspect of Shemitah's Ksafim, right? The, the letting the land lie fallow only applies in the land of Israel. But there's another aspect of Shemitah called Shemitah's Ksafim, which means, Reuben, I lend you a thousand bucks, yeah? So you have to pay me back, but Shemitah comes, it cancels uh, that. That's it, it's over. So don't pay. Oh, so you know the tricks already. <laughs> you, know all the, you know all the tricks. But um, before any tricks, if I lend somebody money, Shemitah cancels the debt. Okay? Now there's a halacha, right? There are different ways around it, right? Very good. Yeah, you can hand your contracts to Bezdin. Very good. Very good. You could, you could deliver the loan to Bezdin, you could give a picadon. Very good. Then it comes in the Rashi and says, what's the difference? If I keep my or contracts and if Bezdin keeps it, it says that if Bezdin keeps it, it says they shouldn't uh, keep a loan for your friend, but Bezdin has no friends. Okay, good, good. Okay, now there's a law of Yovel. The, the Yovel year is the 50th year. Again, the laws of the same laws of Shemitah that you can't work the land applies in the 50th year. Okay, and um, besides that, if you dealt any real estate, you sold any land, it comes back to you in the in the 50th year. So let's say you're selling a house, you're selling land, and tomorrow's Yovel, you can't really, you're not going to get too much money for your house because it's going to be a one-day sale. If Yovel's going to be in 49 years, you could charge more money for it. Okay. Rabbi say nowadays, there's no more Yovel. Even in the land of Israel, there's no Yovel. Why not? Why is there no Yovel? The halacha is, in order for Yovel to apply, you need the Jewish people to live in the land of Israel. See, it's our fault. We're, we're, here, we're here in America, enjoying ourselves in America. Because of us, there's no Yovel. How many Jews do you need to live in the land of Israel for Yovel to apply? All the Jews. For Yovel? And not only that, not only do you need all the Jews, even if all the Jews live in Israel, Yovel still doesn't apply until, until, you know, until the Shvatim are settled in their proper land. In other words, Benjamin is in its share. Yosef is in its share. Asher is in its share. Every, if the Shvatim are in their, in their correct places, the Dinim, the laws of Yovel apply. So no Yovel laws apply anymore? No Yovel laws apply. Until the Jews return to Israel. Until you're going to have to Until, okay, we're going to see, we're going to see, the Rambam will tell us that when Mashiach comes, one of the things that he'll do is he'll restore the Shemitah and Yovel system. Fine. So Yovel, does Yovel apply in any shape or form? Nothing. The only thing we do as a commemoration of Yovel is at the end of Yom Kippur, what do we do? We blow shofar. What's the reason we blow shofar? Rav Haigon says to commemorate the shofar blowing that was done in the Yovel year 
So why do we blow every year? It's a good question. But the reason we blow shofar at the end of Yom Kippur is to commemorate Yovel. Now, that's the only halach of Yovel that still applies. You counted Yovel since Nesa got into Israel, or you counted since the creation of the world? Good question. Good question. We're not going to get into that, okay. and I don't know the answer. Okay? Fine. So, so, here's the question. No Yovel laws apply. What about Shemitah? Does Shemitah apply nowadays? So you say, why not? Why should Shemitah not apply? Well, Shemitah may be dependent on Yovel. And if Yovel doesn't apply, perhaps Shemitah doesn't apply. We're going to see their different opinions. Okay? Now here's the question. question. Yes. The first year of Shemitah, if it falls on the year of Yovel, is it over, over, overlaps or that's a separate year? No. Six years, Shemitah. Six years, Shemitah, yeah. six years. The seventh Shemitah is followed by the 50th year, which is Yovel. So you have two years together. So it's two years together. So that means, that means you're going to have two years with your, your, your vacation for two years. So that means that our Shemitah is not correct because we're skipping the year. Okay. No. For, no, he's asking if we don't, if we don't know a Yovel. Yeah, you come one year, but then five more years, then Shemitah again. But we don't have Yovel, we don't, we don't count it. No, you're asking how do we count? Hey, you're asking how do we count uh, Shemitah if we don't? Have, you're saying we count Yovel, but we don't keep it. Yeah. So the year after Yovel is that year one of the cycle, or year two of the cycle? Uh, two of the cycle. Okay, that's also another issue we're not going to discuss. Okay, we're going to discuss the following issue. Tosfos asks, enjoy. Uh, your following question. Tosfos asks, okay, Tosfos and Masach the Gittin. This we're going to have a little bit of a different shear tonight. Okay, you have to really put on your. Uh, thinking caps tonight. Tosas asked the following question, okay? Why do we not have any commemoration of Yovel? The same way we commemorate Shemitah, okay? Again, I said, if I lend Ruvain a thousand dollars, Shemitah comes, cancels the debt. Now, does it cancel the debt, Minha Torah? Nowadays, no. Nowadays, no. Okay, again, well, let's just get something clear one more time. We're going to assume, for clarity purposes, that nowadays the laws of Shemitah are no longer in effect mid the Oraisa biblically. Because since Yovel does not apply, Shemitah does not apply either. So why nowadays does Shemitah cancel a debt? Midrabana. As a commemoration of the Shemitah of long ago. That's what, the, that's what at least one point in the Gemara, the Gemara tells us, that the reason why nowadays Shemitah cancels debt is to commemorate Shemitah of long ago. And what Tosis wants to know is, if you're going to commemorate Shemitah, why don't we commemorate Yovel? And we should say that in the 50th year, you cannot work the land. Why don't we say that? The same way we say Midrabanan, Shemitah cancels debts, we should say Midrabanan, you're now to work the land in, in Yovel in the 50th year. That's Tosis' question. You get the question? Why don't we at least commemorate Yovel? How? The Rabbanon should in, in, enact that in the 50th year, we don't, we don't work the land. That's Tosis' question. Look what Tosis said. Look at number one. V'tikun Rabbanon, the rabbis enacted, the Teshamit, that Shemitah cancels the debt, Zecha is to commemorate Shemitah. Ask Tosis, V'hadulo tikonami Yovel, why did the Chachamim not enact that on Yovel, Zecha Yovel, as a commemoration of Yovel? Why? Why don't we say that in the 50th year, you know how to work the land? At least Midrabanon. You want to hear the answer? Because what's going to happen? How many consecutive years are you going to have of not working the land? 
Two years. Two years. Yeah, people can't handle that. You can tell people not to work for two years? One year you can tell people don't work, have trust in God. Two years? You know, nobody's going to handle, nobody's going to accept that. And the Chachamim only make takanos if people are able to abide by them. And therefore since by enacting a Yovel year, a year, a second year that you're now out of work, that would be too difficult for people to handle. The Chachamim did not institute that. Mishum de'in rov tzibor yicholen lamaba. The tzibor cannot handle that. Le'eser ba'avodas karka to be prohibited to work the land sh'teishonim ritzufos for two consecutive years. Okay? So again, Tosis's question is, at least say midrabanon, you have to let, let the field remain fallow for the year 50. Tosis says, no, two years in a row we can't do that. Uh-huh. One second. One second. What's Tosis talking about? Tosis seemed to have forgotten about a clear pasuk in the Torah. The Torah says, you know, don't work the seventh year. Ah, and if you're going to say, what am I going to eat? I didn't plant. I didn't plow. I didn't harvest. I'm going to starve to death. So Hashem says, don't worry. I'm going to command a bracha in the sixth year that the sixth year will be a bumper crop and it will produce how many years worth? Three years worth. For year six, right? You need for the sixth year. You need for the seventh year because you're not planting and not harvesting. And you need for the eighth year. What are you going to need in the eighth year if you didn't plant in the seventh year? No, for six, seven, and eight. Eight already you could plant and harvest. Ah, and what about if there's Yovel? You'll have a real bumper crop. You'll have four years worth, right? Okay, you want? Right? It's like saying... Don't work on Shabbos. And if you're worried about what do you mean, how am I going to make income on Shabbos, don't worry. Every Friday you go to a city bank, you'll see your, your bank account doubles for the day. That's what, that's what the Chumr says, right? If Hashem says it, you can take it to the bank. So, what's Tosu saying? The Chachamim didn't want to institute Yovel. Why? Because, because people can't handle it. What do you mean people can't handle it? Well, we don't believe in the Torah. The Torah says that uh, in, the, in the sixth year or in the year before Shemitah Yovel year, you'll have either triple or quadruple so that you won't have to worry. So what's Tosa say? People can't handle it. Yeah, they will be able to handle it. If what the Torah says will be, is, if the Torah is true, if the Torah was given on Har Sinai and Moshe Rabbeinu didn't make it up and God actually said this and promises to us, then what do you mean people can't handle it? We'll be getting, we'll be getting a triple or quadruple in year 48 for year 48, year 49, year 50, year 51. What Tos is talking about? I'll ask you another question. If you look at number 10, skip around a little bit. There's a Pasuk in Tehillim that talks about Gibore Koach Ose Ritzono. The mighty ones who do the will of God. Who are these people? Who are, the, who are people who are really mighty? So the, the Mishnah says, though the ones who perform a certain mitzvah. Which mitzvah? So, so the Medr says, not people who keep Shabbos. Eh, it's one day a week you could, you know, you could extend yourself. Not people who uh, come to shul every day. Eh, every day, it's only seven days a week. People who keep Shemitah. Why? Because it's a whole year to do a mitzvah. You know, to, to be so consistent, to be able to do a mitzvah day after day after day after day, 365 days a year, that requires tremendous gevurah. That's, that requires tremendous strength. Like it says uh, by Mordechai, it says, yom yom, Mordechai mishalech, and he didn't bow down. Every day he didn't bow down. You know, so, in general, we have an attitude in Judaism, we like to make a splash. You know, we're going to like save up all of our spiritual energy for this one thing, 
make the splash and then you know like then sink then back to the you know back to regular life and you forget about it we like to make the splash no it's consistency it's not the splash we want consistency you know who are real giborim those who may, who keep shemitah because every day they're thinking okay again I'm not going to go to work how am I going to support my family one day not to go to work okay you could you could muster up itachem for one day but for 365 days a year it's superhuman but, uh, not everybody is a farmer Basically, yeah, look, uh, it was an agricultural society, but you're right. For the farmers, they, the ones, the well, farmers... You can buy from a girl in Shemitah, you can buy food. Yeah, but, but, if, but um, if your job is, you're a farmer, you're basically not working for a year. What's that going to do to the bank account? Now you're going to zero. It's, gonna, it's going down, right? On the one hand, you're making point zero zero. 8-3% interest, right? So you're making a, a penny and a half every six weeks, right? But on the other hand, you know, every time you're going to the store, forget it, right? So, ah, let me ask you a question. The big giborim, the mightiest Jews, are the Jews who keep Shemitah? What's so mighty? I thought the Torah promises them that in the sixth year, they're going to get triple. So how are they being mighty? Right? Imagine Hashem said, I'm giving you a very hard mitzvah. Every seventh day, I want you to keep Shabbos. And imagine if every Friday you look at the bank account and it doubles. So it's a big challenge to keep Shabbos. I only need to make, the only reason I work is to make money. If I, don't, if I still make the money without going to work, I'll be happy to stay home. So if, what, if Hashem's bracha is really, you can take it to the bank, and it's really true, and every six years you can make triple what you need to, then how, how, how is the Medr saying that the true giborim are the ones who keep Shemitah? Big, big spiel. What's the big deal that they're keeping Shemitah? They're getting a triple crop in the sixth year. Why is it difficult? It's not difficult to keep Shemitah. If you're getting three years worth in one year, it's not hard to keep Shemitah. Okay. So we're going to learn something very interesting from the Sma. The Sma was one of the main commentaries on Shulchan Aruch, Choshen Mishpat, the monetary laws of, of Shulchan Aruch. By the way, the Sma was a Kohen. Um, anyway, the Sma tells us something like this. He says, he's bothered by our question on Tosfus. Well, again, what was our question on Tosfus? Our question was, Tosfus said that the Chachamim did not want to impose any halacha, that you're now to work during Yovel. Why? Because it would be too difficult for people to bear it. It would be too difficult not to work in the 50th year, followed by the 49th year. So what was our question? What was our question on Tosis? What's our Right? Why is it so hard to keep the halachos 49 a year, 49 a year 50, if you're getting bracha in the 48th year for four years worth? So listen to what the Sema says. It's three lines from the bottom. Didavka, you see that? Didavka bizman shahayashmitav yovel noheg minatorah hayamikuyam bahen habracha. This is number four, excuse me. Only when the mitzvah of Shemitah and Yovel applied minatorah would you get bracha. Legada b'shana shishas for it to grow in the sixth year, l'shloshashanim for three years. But nowadays, that the mitzvah of Shemitah is only midrabanan, who told you there's any bracha? There is no bracha. When do you have a bracha in the sixth year? That's if the Torah commands you that you're not allowed to work in the seventh year. So the Torah says, don't work. And the Torah says, yeah, and if you don't work, I'm going to give you a bracha. But nowadays, not working during the Shemitah year, is that Minah Torah? 
He says it's not Minat Torah. Since Yovel does not apply Midoraisa, why does Yovel not apply? Because the Jewish people are not in the land of Israel. And if Yovel doesn't apply, the laws of Shemitah seemingly would not apply Midoraisa. So any reason to keep Shemitah would only be Midrabanon. To remember what Shemitah used to be. So just because the rabbis told me to keep Shemitah, <laughs> they were invested with the power to safeguard the Torah. But the said the rabbis have the power to tell Hashem, yeah, you know, they're going to keep our mitzvah, you know, just make sure they get a double crop in the sixth year. Who says the rabbis have that power? Says the Sma, the bracha of a bumper crop in the sixth year was only when the Torah told you to rest in the seventh year. But nowadays, when the Torah never told you you have to rest in the seventh year, it was the Rabbanon. There's no bracha. There's no bracha. So you know what, what the Medrash is talking about when the Medrash says that the biggest giborim, the mightiest spiritual warriors are those who keep Shemitah? It's talking about people who keep Shemitah nowadays. Because there's no mitzvah midaraisa to keep Shemitah. It's only midjabanan. And they're not promised any bracha. Ah, they require a lot of strength because they're not working and they're not promised any blessing. Ah, okay, so we're going to see. We're going to see. That would be the that would be position on the Chazonish. Chazonish is going to say that. But right now the Sma, the Sma says, Shemitah Mijabanon, do you get any bracha? No bracha. Yes. Uh, something you just said just triggered another thought. Yes. The Shvatim are not in their land. We don't know who the uh, different tribes are. All right. The uh, Kohanim didn't even have any land. So it uh, moves it further and further away. Okay. But at least, you see, nowadays, there is Shemitah Midrabanan. The rabbi said to, to remember the way they used to leave the land fallow in the time when the Jewish people were on the land. So to commemorate that, you should still keep the laws of Shemitah. But it's only Midrabanan. Midrabanan, so you're right. There's no Yovel. Why? Because the Jewish people are not on the land, and they're not situated by the tribes, and therefore Shemitah seemingly would also not apply Midrabanan. And therefore the Sefer Mitzvah, saying, the, the Sma says... That there is no blessing promised to those who keep Shemitah uh, nowadays. You know, you said something that it uh, raised me a question. Yeah. So when you will cancel in uh, Galut Samcharim? When did it cancel? When the Jews were exiled to Babel. To the ten tribes who were exiled before that. You need twelve tribes in order to Ah. Good point. Exactly when were you, what, did Yovel cease? Um, yeah, but but uh, the Gemara Megillah says that even though Sancheirev exiled the ten tribes, Yirmiyahu brought them back. Yeah, they brought them after the destruction of the temple. Okay, okay, but then they came back. They went to Babel and they came back to Israel. So there is told back then? No, no, because most of the Jews did not re return no, when exactly. they didn't return. So, when you didn't have the so time, um, I'm not 100% sure, but it would seem that by the second base of Mikdash it, was, it ended. You'd have to say when they were exiled, it certainly didn't apply, because they weren't even there, well, what's the difference? But even when they returned, since not everyone returned, it did not go back into effect. That's what it seemed like. Okay. Um, what? You should check it. Yeah. If, if, if the condition is 12 tribes, 12 tribes you don't have before the destruction of the first temple. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear, I hear, you, I hear you saying. I don't know. Okay, with this we're going to answer. We're going to answer another question. Okay, we're going to answer another question. The Gemara Nivamis says like this: Daf Tezayin. Gemara says that there were two occasions on which the Jews entered Eretz Yisrael. What were the two occasions? The, when the, the Jews came, stopped. when when uh, when they left Mitzrayim, they went into Israel eventually after 40 years, and then they were they were in, in Israel. Anybody know how long the Jews were in Israel before they were exiled? 850 years, yeah. 440 years before they built the first temple, and then the first temple stood 410, okay? 850. They were exiled to where? Babel? And, 70 years. And then they, were, they brought back, who led the Aliyah? Ezra. The Olei Mitzrayim and the Olei Babel, okay? The Gemara Nivama says, when the Jews went back to the land in the time of Ezra, they intentionally and deliberately did not reconquer certain cities. There were certain cities they did not reconquer, and thereby they did not re-sanctify. And they allowed these cities not to re-attain the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. There's a concept in the Gemara, which means when Yehoshua conquered the land, he sanctified it temporarily, he did not sanctify it for all time. It needed to be re-sanctified by those who came back out of Bavel. Yeah, one, one city, Yericho, is not supposed to be. Not, not supposed to. Besides Yericho, the Gemara says they deliberately did not reconquer a number of cities. I don't think the Gemara says which cities it was. The Gemara Nivama says they did not reconquer certain cities. Why? If you don't reconquer the city, it does not retain and regain the status of Israel. If it doesn't regain the status of Israel, Chaim, in your backyard, you have to keep the laws of Shemitah? No, no. So the same way in Chaim Kohn's backyard, it doesn't have to keep the laws of Shemitah. In Israel, if, it's not, if it was not reconquered by Ezra, it also you don't have to keep the laws of Shemitah. They did not re-sanctify it. Why did the Jews not re-sanctify the land? Because they were afraid that if they're going to re-sanctify the land, there are a lot of poor people in Israel. Where are they, what are they going to work in the seventh year? How are they going to make a living? What are they going to eat? You know, um, during Shemitah, there's no leket shikha and peah. There are no presents, gifts you give to Aniyim. Everything is hefkar. Everything is ownerless. Yeah, but if you believe in God, and it says in the Torah, if you give Shemitah, you're going to have free pill. Why do you have to worry about it? Oh. It's a weak emunah. All right, right. So what do you mean? Good kasha. What do you mean? They were worried about the Aniyim? What do you mean? The Torah says, don't worry. Shemitah is not going to cause you any harm. You're going to have a blessing in the sixth year. You have a bumper crop. So what's the Gemara saying? That when the Jews returned from Babel, they intentionally did not reconquer certain cities. Why? So that the Aniyim would have a place to work. And they would have food to eat. They would get the lek at the Shechem What do you mean? We just said the Torah promised the bumper crop. But according to what we just learned, why is it not a good question? Because what? Not from Torah, from the Ah, because when the Jews returned in the times of Babel, did Shemitah apply Midoraisa? No. Shemitah doesn't apply Midoraisa. You get bracha? No bracha. So that's why they had to be worried about the benefit of the Aniyim. Okay? Good kasha, by the way. Your kasha is asked by the Sefer Nahar Shraga. It's a new Sefer I discovered this week. It's written by Rav Moshe Betzalel. Luria. Moshe Vitzal Luria, he lived from 1835 to 1916. I don't know too much about him. What? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you one story about Rav, Rav, the Nahar Shraga. 
One time, the Harshraga, he was giving a, a drasha and a shul, he was telling the Balabatim to give more tzedakah. And nobody paid attention, nobody was listening. He, he, the next week again, you know, Rabbi, you have to give tzedakah, so you have to help out the poor, nobody listened. So, he left his shul, and he started draying around the marketplace, you know, wasting his time. So he goes, well, you're the Rav, you've got to be learning. What are you wasting your time in the marketplace? He said, no. It says in Perkei Avos, the world stands on three things, right? What are they? Torah, Avodah, right? Torah, Avodah, which is Karbanos, Gemilas Chasadim. We don't have Avodah anymore. We don't have Karbanot. So the Gemara says, what do you do if you have a chair that has three legs and one of the legs is taken away? You could still stick something under, you know, to support it. But now, now, Rabosa, you don't want to give tzedakah. We don't have Karbanot. We don't have Gemilas Chasadim. So now the chair only has one leg. You can't support a chair that only has one leg. A chair that only has one leg, what do you do? Got to chop off the last leg. So the last leg is Torah. No point in me learning anymore. So I'm draining around the marketplace. So I think they got the message, you know, that they, they better shape up. Okay. Fine. So what we're learning is that the Sma tells us that the bracha of Shemitah is only promised to those who keep Shemitah Midoraisa from the Torah. Those who keep Shemitah Midrabana nowadays, they're not promised any bracha. And we brought three proofs. Proof number one is the fact that Tosus tells us that, you know what, nowadays it would be too difficult to institute Shemitah and Yovel because it would be too hard for people not to work two consecutive years. What do you mean it would be too hard? No, you have the bracha. Must be there's no bracha nowadays. We brought a proof from the fact that the Medr says, who are the mightiest ma'aminim, uh, those who keep Shemitah. Ma'aminim, you don't need emuna. If you have a triple crop in the sixth year, you don't need any emuna. The answer is nowadays there's no more triple crop, there's no more bracha. And finally, we brought a proof from the fact that those who returned from Bavel, they deliberately left over certain cities because they needed to support the aniyim. Support the aniyim? What about the bumper crop? Must be there's no more bumper crop. Okay. Um, just uh, for, for uh, sake of uh, your own, own knowledge, it is not everybody's opinion that Shemitah nowadays is only Mijabanan. The Rambam, at least in one place, seems to imply that Shemitah nowadays is Midoraisa. Sorry, you wanted to ask something before? I was going to ask you, you said there was two types of Shemitah. Yeah. Then there comes another third type of Shemitah. Yeah. The Shemitah that cancels the loans that were set on the mount. This Shemitah and the other Shemitah, do they both count in these times? They may not be dependent on each other. Shemitah of loan, nowadays, is Mijabanan according to everybody. What would they count? What do you mean count? Would they still count? Uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. They do it here also in America. It's okay. So it's, it's worth it. Yeah, but uh, their, their opinion, well, that there is Shemitah on loans nowadays? Mijaban on their Shemitah of loans. Yeah. Shemitah of land. I don't understand something. If, if, yeah. if, if, if the Torah gives us a loan. Shemitah of land may be nowadays even Midah That's what I'm saying. If, if I, hear the, it's, uh, I read someplace, it's not working because there's a place that's like people leave and they came back, back to the city because they're already. They build the city somehow in uh, like they keep in the city from Porshin, uh, uh, So if let's say if someone leaves the country for 50 years and then he come back, he wants his land back, so they don't let him take it. But I don't know. But I don't, 
I don't understand mm. what, uh, the, what you said, that it's the, the Rabbanan and not the Oraita. If the law originally generated by the Torah, how the Rabbanan can come and say, no, it's now we say that it's the no. Rabbanan and not the Oraita? Because the law generated by the Torah it's separate. Yovel is separate and uh, Shemitah. It's two different things. You mean why is, Yovel, why is Shemitah dependent on Yovel? Yeah. Okay, I didn't do this part, but if you look at number six, Rashi brings down the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says like this. There's a pasuk in the Torah, V'zeh devar ha-Shemitah shamot. It uses the lashon of Shemitah two times. One is to talk about the returning of land in Yovel. One is we're talking about um, the Shemitah year. And from there we derive the two are dependent on each other. So it's not the Rabbanan who, who said, nah, the, the biblical law is not in effect anymore. There's a drasha in the Torah that Shemitah's contingent is dependent on Yovel. Okay? Yeah, you buy that? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I knew that there an answer. Yeah. That's what, that's what Rashi brings down. But look at the Rambam. The Rambam says in number 7, Ein shviyas noheges ela be'aretz Yisrael bavad. Shemitah only applies in Eretz Yisrael. Shenemar, ki savoyu ela aretz, if you'll come to the land, asher ani nosein lachem that I give you. Bein b'fnei habayas. It applies both when there is a Beis HaMikdash, ubein shaloi b'fnei habayas, and when there's no Beis HaMikdash. The simple reading of the Rambam is, Shemitah applies yeah, yo beis hamikdash, no beis hamikdash. Doesn't matter. Shemitah always applies, and the implication is it applies midoraisa. Okay, but, not like we just said. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. There's another Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchos Malachim says that okay, it's kedai to read this, even though not all of it has. Uh, it's important to know. You know, some people. I once met a guy. He tells me he doesn't believe in Mashiach. So so. Uh, what, what is he? What is he? You know, it hasn't come. I don't What is he? Is, it, is he not Bikaris? Or, you know, some people say, it, it doesn't say about Mashiach and the Chumash. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yaakov. It does. Yaakov, and he says to his kids. It does. The Rambam says, if you don't believe in Mashiach, you're not just denying the Nevi'im. You're denying Moshe Rabbeinu. You're denying the Torah. That's a fundamental tenet of belief. But look what the Rambam says. He says, HaMelech HaMashiach, the Mashiach, Osid Lamoid, He's going to restore the Davidic line, Hamem Shalah Harishona, to its original dominion. Ubona Mikdash, he's going to build the base of Mikdash. Umekabes Nidche Yisrael, he's going to gather in all the Jews. V'chayzun Kol Hamishpatim Biyamav Kshahayumi Kodem. All the laws will be restored. Look what he says. Makrivim Karbanos, we'll start to bring sacrifices. V'osin Shmitin V'yovlos. We're going to restore the Shemitah and Yovah cycle. Kechol mitzvah san amur Torah, like the mitzvah the Torah says. Now look what he says. If you don't believe in Mashiach, or you're not awaiting his coming, you're not just denying Yirmiya, Yeshaya, Yecheskel, you're denying the Torah. And the Rambam goes on to quote Psukim, Hashem says explicitly, Vishav. It's explicit in the Torah. God will, through the agent of Mashiach, will ingather all the Jewish people. Fine. This Ramam that says Mashiach will restore Shemitah obviously holds that Shemitah nowadays is not Midaraisa. Because if it's Midaraisa, you don't need Mr. Mashiach to restore it. It's still in effect. 
So there's a, a contradiction in the Rambam, really. The Rambam, Hilcha Shemitah, says, Shemitah applies, yeah, Beis HaMikdash, no Beis HaMikdash. And on the other hand, the Rambam says, Mashiach is going to restore Shemitah and Yovel. Okay? So that will be your homework to try to explain these two Rambams. Someone is saying when the Rambam says, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, what do you want to say? That's in talking in general what's going to happen. Yeah. It's not specific, says, how, to, how you're going to do Kobanot. No, but what do you need Mashiach to restore Shemitah? Shemitah is still in effect. No, it just says that the Dershim is going to restore. Like what? Like Shemitah, like Kobanot, like going back. But Shemitah you don't need to restore. Gabi, he doesn't say Mashiach is going to restore Tefillin. We were Tefillin, right? So Shemitah... It's, it's, I don't know, it's uh, two different concepts. One is, is, is what you don't have now. So, we have Shemitah. Yeah, I know, but... So why does he have to say Mashiach is going to restore Shemitah? We have Shemitah. No? No, so you could say the Rambam holds Shemitah as Midrash Banan. And when he says Mashiach is going to restore... You, you, you don't like the question. You don't, I'm not, I'm not uh, disputing that it's the Rabbanan or the writer. I'm just saying... Uh, this is two different, two different sentences, uh, two different meanings. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it after. Okay, we'll talk about it after. Okay. Now, so basically, so far we've learned the opinion of the Sma. The Sma says, Shmita midaraisa, you get blessing. You keep the rabbi's laws, you get a mitzvah, you get schar. Maybe you'll have uh, success in other areas. You're not promised the bumper crop. Okay. Comes the chazonish. Now, you know the Chazonish was very instrumental when uh, the state of Israel was being founded and making sure the laws of the land were, were being kept in the proper way. That's one of the Chazonish spent uh, time in the fields studying agriculture to try to understand different halachos of, of the land. Chazonish says like this, I don't buy this, ma. I don't accept that. Like you're saying, right? If the Rabbanon come and say you should keep Shemitah nowadays, there's a concept, Bezdin and Shamayim follows whatever Bezdin paskins down here. Whatever the Chachamim, some people say, no, I don't want to listen to the rabbis, they're not right. They're, they made a mistake. It doesn't matter if they made a mistake. Even if the rabbis made a mistake, they're right. Even if they're wrong, they're right. Because the halacha is not determined by the truth. It's very important. The halacha is not determined by the truth. The Gemara tells us that there was a machlokis in halacha between Rabbah and Hashem. And we paskin like Rabbah, because Hashem said, Lo he. The Torah is not given to the heaven. The Torah is not the absolute truth. The Torah is the truth as determined by the Chach Mehadar. And if they made a mistake, that becomes the truth. That's the way it works. If Chachamim say to keep Shemitah, then in heaven it's Shemitah. If it's Shemitah, you get God's blessing of the bumper crop. Chazonish says there's no difference between Drabanon and the Oraisa. Fine. Ah, so if there's no difference between the Rabban and the Raisa, and you always get the blessing, whether it's the Raisa or the Rabbanan, we have a lot of uh, issues we need to uh, explain. We said that the Olei Bavel did not sanctify certain cities. Why? Because they were worried about the, the Aniyim. They were worried about the poor. What were they worried about the poor? What about the bumper crop? And don't tell me this business with the Rabbanan. Who cares if it's Rabban or the Raisa? We said, who are the mighty warriors? Those who keep Shemitah. So yeah, so... Big deal, what kind, of might, what, what kind of might is that? They're getting the bumper crop. So the Sma wanted to say, it's only Shemitah Medrabanon. Chazonish says, Shemitah Rabbanon, Shemitah Daraisa, it's the same thing. So Chazonish says like this. Not the most um, inspiring uh, idea, but uh, it's the truth. 
And that is, what does the Torah mean when it says you're going to get blessing in the sixth year? Is that an absolute guarantee that anyone who keeps Shemitah is going to get a triple crop in the sixth year? No. Not an absolute guarantee. So what is it? It's like this. Even if there is a Torah. Even if there's a Torah. Yeah, good, right. Even when you're keeping Shemitah Midoraisa, what's this blessing? You can't take it to the bank. Why not? Because this is what Hashem is telling you. You work the first year. You work the second year. Let me ask, is it possible that even when you're working the first year and the second year, is it possible that there may be drought? Yeah. Is it possible there may be locusts? Yeah. Is it possible you may not be successful? Yeah. But naturally, when you work, it will produce. So a person will say, how can I keep Shemitah? Naturally, if I'm not going to work, I'm not going to make any money, I'm not going to have food. So God is saying, I guarantee you, that you're not working and you're letting the field lay fallow will not be the cause of any harm. Does that mean automatically nothing bad will happen in the seventh year? No. Something bad can happen in year one. Something bad can happen in year two even when you are working. So something bad can happen in year seven. The, the blessing is not a guarantee. It's just a guarantee that your lack of not doing anything is not going to be the cause of any harm. You hear? Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's uh, in other words. In other words, yeah. right? If this is it's a bracha. If if you if you follow the ways of Torah, this is your bracha. This is so the bracha is going to come regardless of you know. Yeah, to keep the seventh year. The bracha. Part of the. Let me ask you a question. If you stay at home and you don't do anything, money. Let's say a person makes I don't know a hundred thousand dollars a year. I work, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I work a year or two, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Then I take year five off. You're still going to make $100,000 a year? Probably not. Because you're not doing any effort, so God's not going to make a miracle. But here God is saying, even though naturally you're not doing anything and really you should not make any money, no, you're not doing anything will not be the cause of you not getting the money. But it doesn't mean you'll have money. The same way you might not have money in year one. Is it possible? Sometimes, you know, people work a whole year, they look at the account, there's nothing there. <laughs> they didn't have a good year. So the blessing is not your bank account will be full. It's that it won't be lacking because of this. Could be you'll be lacking for other reasons. What? It's likely there'll be a blessing. The same way it's likely when you work, you'll make money. It's also likely if you'll keep Shemitah, you'll, you'll, make, you'll have money that year. But you can't, you can't rely on it and say, I'm relying on the miracle of God. You have to take... In other words, the Chazonish tells us, and the Chazonish says, let's say somebody's starving in the seventh year. Let's say, and someone's a bad, you know, if he doesn't uh, work the land, he's going to die. Is he allowed to work the land, or should he say, no, God promised blessing? So I, I maybe before this year, I, maybe I, I would have said, you know, look, the Torah says you're going to get blessing, you're going to get it, you're not allowed to work the land. Chazonish says, no, it's not a guaranteed thing. It's likely. It just means your lack of working is not going to be the source of anything bad. But it doesn't mean for sure you'll have money. And therefore the Chazonish says, if you see that you don't have what to eat, then you have to break the laws of Shemitah like you have to break any mitzvah if your life is in danger. So in other words, this is not an absolute blessing. It's just a blessing that this will not be the source of any harm. Why not? But it says, you know, the Shemitah is the Why do I touch the Torah? The Torah is saying that. So... Why you can say it but, but, you know, like... Um, nothing's guaranteed. In other words, another way of saying it is like this. 
Let's say, let's say um, the Torah says, um, if you do a certain mitzvah, you'll have money. So now here you... Right, in other words, the Shema Yigrom This A person may have other Averos that uh, will not allow the blessing to be chal. Well, the Torah says I'm for sure going to have blessing. No, yes. But the, the, when, when the Torah says that the direct link, whatever you do, you're going to be, you're gonna be, you're gonna be rewarded. It's, it's, not, it's not that Judaism. No, Jews don't... You need to, in general, to keep, to keep uh, uh, the mitzvot and, and uh, not to expect that everything is going to be perfect. Right, right. Normally we say, normally we say, Normally we say there's no reward in this world. We're going to need five more minutes. Normally we say, You don't get reward in this... Ah, there are exceptions. We learn sometimes there are, there are a number of exceptions. There are a lot of exceptions. But in general, there's no reward in this world. By the way, it doesn't mean you don't get good things in this world for doing mitzvahs. It just means, you know, the main re- reward is not in this world. You could get side benefits, you know, insurance, uh, pension, all those stuff. Yeah, like you, get, you get good it's stuff. It's above your knowledge to understand what is your reward. You live in your life and you don't know what's happening to you. And basically, no, you, no, you, no. you need to... You're not supposed to, to, to do things in order to be rewarded immediately. Okay. Let's just, um, after all has been said and done, we have basically two opinions. The opinion of Sma is that when Shemitah only applies Mejabanon, no blessing. No blessing. Medaraisa, yeah, you're guaranteed of it. When you keep Shemitah, no blessing. Chazonish says there's no difference between Daraisa and Rabbanon, but the blessing is not something you could always take to the bank. Fine. I just want to tell you one historical incident. In a observant Moshav, very well-known Moshav called Moshav Komamios, which is led by Rabbi Binyamin, which was led by Rabbi Binyamin Mendelssohn, who is the Avbezin of Komamios, and he was very instrumental in making sure that the residents of this Moshav adhere to laws of Shemitah. And obviously, you know, um, the Sma, which is written, which is on the side of Shulchan Aruch, is not the most inspiring thing for a farmer when you're trying to tell him keep Shemitah, keep Shemitah and don't worry you'll get blessing when the Sma says nowadays Shemitah you don't get any blessing, right? So Rabbi Benjamin Mendelssohn had a, a way to understand the Sma where even though Shemitah is only Mijabanan you still get the blessing. First, his first point is like this. If you look at number 13 take a look at it inside. And that is first he wants to say first he wants to say like this that the Sma only said that when Yovel is Midrabanan, you don't get a blessing during Yovel. But Shemitah Midrabanan, the Sma never said that when Shemitah is only Midrabanan, you don't get a blessing. What's the difference between Yovel and Shemitah? There's a very big difference. Yovel is considered a year of great spirituality. It's considered a year of Kedusha. The bracha of Yovel is supposedly it comes from a very high place. So for that bracha, maybe nowadays you don't get that bracha anymore now that Yovah is only Mijabanan. But for Shemitah, Shemitah is the seventh year. It's, uh, Mendelssohn wanted to say that the Sma never said that the blessing of Shemitah no longer applies. It was only Yovel he was talking about. When he said that now that it's only Mijabanan, you don't get the blessing, it's only Yovel, not Shemitah. Okay. Then he wanted to say something else. It's not that when Shemitah is only Mijabanan, you don't get any blessing. No. It's that you don't get the blessing of the Torah. But if the Rabbanan say to keep Shemitah, 
The same way they have the power to institute Shemitah, they have the power to bring bracha also. But you have to have emunah in the Chachamim. The same way when you keep the laws of Shemitah, you have emunah in Hashem, Hashem could bring you the bracha. You have to have a certain trust that the Chachamim are the ones who are entrusted. They're the guardians over the Torah. And by keeping their halachos, you're able to get blessing through following the mitzvahs of the Chachamim. Okay. And uh, based on that, Rabbi Mendelssohn encouraged his, uh, the farmers of Moshev Komunios to adhere to the laws of Shemitah. Very interesting, in the year 1957, so the, the, uh, the government, the authorities in Israel were trying to uh, build up the country, trying to beautify the country, and they paid money to develop many Moshevim or Moshevim? Moshevim. And they came to uh, Komunios, and they offered to uh, build up a beautiful orchard in Komunios. So, they said, uh, the people of Komamiya said, look, our rabbi is very strict about Shemitah. You could plant your orchards, but, but we're, gonna, we're not going to be doing anything to them in the seventh year. And, you know, you're going to be investing a lot of money. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the seventh year. So they said, yeah, no way, Jose, get lost. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not spending money on your Moshav. So the matter got delayed for another year until 1958. And uh, eventually they're able to... Uh, to convince the government to plant uh, an orchard in Kamimios. The Shemitah year finally came in 1959, and uh, the, the government was very upset with Rabbi Mendelssohn, you know, oh, we just invest a lot of money in your Moshav, and, you know, it's going to go down the drain, you know. If you're, not, if you're not planting, you're not reaping, you're not doing anything to, to the orchard, there's no way this orchard is going to last. So, Rev, Lieber, Rev, uh, Rev uh, Mendelssohn himself is a little bit nervous, because here he is, he's sort of, uh, the Sma says there's no Merbracha anymore. And even the Chazonish says that if Shemitah would be Midaraisa, you can't be guaranteed there's a Bracha. And here, Remendelsen is, he's taking it upon himself to say, well, you know, the Sma was only talking about Yovel. Yeah, but, you know, they invested a lot of money in the Moshav, and, he, you know, here he is, he's, he's making them being Machmir in this Mitzvah. You know, very unclear whether the Bracha is going to come. In any event, at the end of the year, the government official was in charge of uh, developing uh, the land of Israel. He came to Komamias and he said, I want you to know we planted 12 orchards in the land of Israel. And the one that was the most successful and the one that produced the most fruits was Moshav Komamias. He said, I don't understand. How is that possible? You didn't do anything in the seventh year. So Mendelssohn said, the reason is the first Animamin we say is we believe that God made makes and will make. He controls everything and we put our trust in Him to fulfill the laws of Shemitah, whether it's Midarai says, ah, it's only Midrabana, nevertheless we trusted in Him. And that is why Moshav Komamias has been the most successful of all, of all the Moshavim. Very interesting, the government recorded in its official record book that Moshav Komamias, they did not touch their orchard in the Shemitah year and it was Matzliach, it was successful. So, this became uh, the news spread all over Israel. And when the Briskarov found out about it, he said, we need to pr- publish in the newspapers, you know. All the Chilonim should find out about uh, the miracle of Shemitah. Fine. They're about to do it. News came to America, to Aaron Cutler, who was Rashiva of Lakewood. He said, no, you can't publicize it. Why? It's an Ayin Hara. You can't, uh, cause, uh, you can't cause people to... Uh... <laughs> He's Ashkenazi. He's not even sorry. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> so bottom line is, uh, there, you know, there are two opinions. Again, the Sma says, Shemitah Mijabanan, no bracha. 
Chazonish says even Shemitah Medei Raisa, you can't take it to the bank. Nevertheless, our tradition, so to speak, is that when farmers are careful in the laws of Shemitah, the Rebbe Shalom takes care of them. And as we see from this uh, incident in the Moshav of Komimias. Shkayach. What do they have to do to re-sanctify? I think, um, I think it's specifically talking about not Israel proper, certain areas of Ammon and Moab, which the first time, the fact that we... Uh, we live there, sanctified it, and now there's some type of procedure you need to do. You may need a melech, you may need a navi, there's a procedure. Okay.